With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now. For Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from GuillotineLeagues.com, here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Season 29 of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. It is great to be with you for the full two-hour extended edition of Fantasy Football Weekly as we embark on a new season. My co-host today... Matt Harrison, Brian Johnson. Hello, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Yeah. 29 times. 29. Oh, yes. 29 Nine times. Nine times. We've done a season of Fantasy Football Weekly. I actually watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off on Netflix last night. You did? Wow. Just to prepare prepar- for this. Yes. For I was this? grinding the tape. God, they, to- <laughs> it's such a great movie. And I think I watched it about five years ago. I thought it held up very well from being, it's just so quintessentially 80s. Yeah. But Ferris Bueller's, it's, I think it's kind of a timeless story. You know, a modern-day Tom Sawyer, if you will. <laughs> I believe. Uh, plenty to get to over the course of this show. It's the full two-hour edition. We're going to go through the one thing you need to know about every team's offseason. So if you've been snoozing at the wheel a little bit, you know, spending time with your kids, otherwise having a life over the last six months, we're going to get you up to speed. You are one pathetic loser if you've been doing that. Yeah, having a life. Yeah. You know, paying attention to your family and your job. and your, Yeah. yeah that's, why would you yeah. do something well, why, like that? Why would you do that? We're here to help with the one thing you need to know about every team. We'll have the peacock off. This is where we try to find bold predictions that we can later on peacock about. Where is our? There it is. There it is. Yes. Now. I'm pretty sure we're all batting a thousand on our peacock offs too. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't go back and listen to mine I, from I last year, but I'm I'm confident that I got them all correct. Yep. Then we've got three tough questions, as we always do during the extended version of Fantasy Football Weekly. And after that, it's everybody's favorite segment all preseason long, the reach around. Mm. You got any sounders for that? No. Well, <laughs> there's this. <laughs> <laughs> So kind of. Um, yeah, maybe. Oh, now I get it. <laughs> the reach around. Yeah. This is where we tell you in every round the player we would reach a round early to go get. So like a player that normally goes in the sixth round, we would reach around into the fifth round for. So let's uh, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's dive in, guys. 
the one thing you need to know, Matt, about the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, there's a lot of things you need to know, but uh, the biggest thing you need to know is they're going to be maybe the worst team in the NFL this year. Kyler Murray probably won't be back until mid-October at the earliest. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. The best thing they did all offseason was the trade they made in the NFL draft, trading number three to Houston, and they got the Texans' first over or first round pick next year. Mm-hmm. They could have picks one and two in the draft next year. Could be the end for Kyler. Uh, disagree. I think Houston's going to be a nice team this year, but okay. that's just my opinion. Uh, let's go to the Atlanta Falcons. Brian, what's the one thing people need to know? Uh, I mean, it's all about B. John Robinson, who they drafted eighth overall running back, of course. Uh, now a top three running back in terms of ADP without having stepped on an NFL field yet. Generally going ahead of guys like Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley. The question is, will he pay off that, that ADP? Uh, Atlanta seems like a great landing spot. Mm-hmm. Last season, Falcons running backs as a whole were second in rushing attempts and first in rushing yards. Tyler Algier... We'll factor in, but it's it's all a matter of how many carries, touches, because uh, Bijan is a great receiver as well. Will will he get in his rookie year? You would think they're going to give him a lot, but I think we so, shall see. I don't. We'll get into all ADP stuff later, but I don't know if I'm, I'm drafting Bijan as a top, as a top three running back. I, I still want to see. Going. It, yep. I know it, you're, you're paying up for it, so so we'll see what happens. But it's all about. How great will Bijan be? Only time will tell. Baltimore Ravens had a change at offensive coordinator. Run heavy Greg Roman is out. And Todd. Don't call me. Art, Art Munkin. Yeah. In. Munkin says he's going to bring balance to the offense. And that could unlock more value from Mark Andrews, OBJ, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers. But it remains unclear if those passing reps are going to take runs away from Lamar Jackson. Because all things being even. We'd rather have a carry than a pass from Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the Buffalo Bills. One thing you need to know. I'm really glad we got rid of this sounder on the button bar. I don't see it there, at least. Uh, Stefan Diggs is the squeakiest wheel in the league, and I'm glad that the squeaky wheel is gone. The mongoose is probably pretty close to a squeaky wheel, I'd think. He squeaks. Yeah. Uh, He doesn't like his role in Buffalo. Possibly has some sort of personal beef with Josh Allen. Sean McDermott was concerned about it during mini camps, and it probably stems from Diggs only having 35 yards on 10 targets in their AFC divisional loss to Cincinnati. He's sick of losing in the he had playoffs. 10 targets. Yeah, I don't 10 targets. Complain about but that. then he lost. Carolina Panthers, one thing you need to know from their offseason. I mean, it, it's one thing, but it's really a lot of things. It's just a complete overhaul of the offense from last season. Carolina drafted Bryce Young first overall. Uh, wide receiver Jonathan Mingo in the early second round. They also added running backs, or running back Miles Sanders and wide receivers Adam Thielen and DJ Chark and tight end Hayden Hurst. All of them are projected starters. So it's a brand new team in Carolina. So uh, I know we all probably have our favorites in terms of which Panther we, we would prefer. Um, I know you're a Thielen guy. I am. Charge. I do. I do. So I, I think he's being vastly underdrafted. I'm kind of feeling Hayden Hurst reports out of camp as uh, he's been a favorite target for for Bryce Young, but you can't read too much into uh, training camp reports, but a whole new offense. So we'll we'll see what they got in Carolina this year. Chicago Bears acquired wide receiver DJ Moore from the Panthers, bringing really a star receiver to Chicago for the first time since Brandon Marshall. Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall. Yeah. I mean, they know. I think that kind of era, and I think those two may have overlapped they one did. season. Yeah. Remember the b- b- the Bernard Berrien year in like '06, yes. right? Which he parlayed into a big con- machine, Muhammad. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals. One thing you need to know about their offseason. Uh, outside of Joe Burrow's calf injury, which they're calling still kind of minor, uh, the Bengals offseason was a pretty good one. They signed tackle Orlando Brown away from the Chiefs, which should help protect Burrow even more. They did lose both starting safeties, though, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, so the deep middle could be exploited by opposing offenses this year. So Cincinnati might be chucking the ball a lot this year, which would be fun. There's some real danger with Joe Mixon. This case, he's got actually two pending legal cases. Mm -hmm. One of them's bad. I mean, he gave a gun and ammo to somebody who shot the foot off a kid. This is, I mean, Joe Mick, there might be more danger of suspension with Joe Mixon than anybody's talking about right now. Dallas Cow, uh, no, uh, Cleveland Browns, Brian. Uh, in Cleveland, it's Nick Chubb time. My, my RB1 right now going into draft season as it stands. He's always been legit as an early down back, but we could see him operate in a true bell cow role in terms of uh, being in on third downs, uh, every passing down. Gone are Kareem Hunt and Dernis Johnson. Jerome Ford was set as a primary backup, but he recently suffered a hamstring injury. He's week to week. So Chubb could be in line for a monster workload mm-hmm. to start the season and all season long. Browns running backs coach, Stump Mitchell says Chubb can absolutely be a weapon as a pass catcher. He just didn't have a lot of opportunities with Kareem Hunt in that role. But again, Hunt is gone. So Nick Chubb, he is my RB1, and he's going to have a big, big year if he stays healthy. Yeah, I think uh, if you if I had to just pick one player to have the most touches in the NFL, Nick Chubb. Agreed. Dallas Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott is gone, replaced by nobody, basically. Um, Malik Davis returns from last year, but he was woefully unproductive with the carries he was given. They drafted minute runner Deuce Vaughn in the sixth round. People are comparing Vaughn to Darren Sproles, but Darren Sproles was awesome at everything he did in college at K-State. Yeah. Deuce Vaughn is not Darren Sproles. Right now, Rico Dowdle is the number two running back on the unofficial oh. chart in Dallas. We're going to talk more about the Dallas runners later in the right. show. Tony too. Pollard's never been a workhorse, but change at offensive coordinator. Maybe Brian Schottenheimer is going to switch that up, and maybe they just don't have anybody else. So we could see a lot of carries for Tony Pollard. Let's go to the Denver Broncos. One thing we need to know about their offseason. Well, Sean Payton is the biggest news in Denver this offseason, along with a renewed hope in the resurrection of Russell Wilson's career. Assisting with that, the Broncos did sign two of the top offensive linemen on the market, uh, Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers. And also, Javante Williams looks like he might be ready to go for the start of the season. That looks promising. Looks looks promising there. So the Denver offense might be back on track. Detroit Lions, Brian. Major shakeup in the backfield in Detroit with the signing of David Montgomery and drafting Jameer Gibbs. Mm -hmm. DeAndre Swift is gone. Jamal Williams is gone. So... You would assume David Montgomery is going to get the Jamal Williams role, who Jamal Williams led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. It was 17. Yes. And Gibbs is going to get the, the the swift role, per se. But Gibbs is going well before David Montgomery in drafts right now. And yeah. I don't think people got that right just based on last year. But uh, we'll see what, what Gibbs has to offer. He's kind of like going to be this hybrid running back, wide receiver type player. But, uh, yeah, a whole new backfield. But I think people are a little... A little low on David Montgomery right now. In Green Bay, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is gone. Uh, former first-round pick Jordan Love gets his turn to start. Love's only career, his one career start did not go well, but that was two years ago in his rookie year. Presumably, he's learned from the bench. He's got an intriguing set of young receivers. you got Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and second-round rookie Jaden Reed, a couple of highly drafted tight ends. There's a lot of upside and downside in this Packers offense based largely on how Love performs. 
Let's go to the Houston Texans. Matt, what's the one thing people need to know? It's almost a completely new team. D'Amico Ryans is the new head coach. CJ Stroud, the new quarterback. They added Dalton Schultz, Robert Woods, and Devin Singletary as veterans to the offense. They grabbed Tank Dell, who they're gushing over uh, in the third round as a wide receiver, and they get John Mechie back from leukemia. This is a brand new team in Houston, and and they got a lot of good defensive veterans that they added as well. So, yeah, I take back that they're going to be the number two pick in the draft because, well, they don't have it, and they're probably going to be better than that. I think they're going to be one of the NFL's most improved teams. If you had, if I, like, what the Jaguars did last year, I could it could be coming here in Houston. I love what they're building. Well, such a soft division too. They could come in second place in that division. I, they're not going to win it. Probably not. Probably but, not. But they'll be they'll be up there. It'll, it might be a, a battle longer than people think. Indianapolis Colts, Brian. What's the one thing people need to know about their offseason? Well, I want to talk about how Anthony Richardson is probably poised to just break fantasy football in general. But it's really all about Jonathan Taylor right now. Will he really hold out? And uh, I don't. My gut tells me he won't. He can't afford to. Look at what happened to Le'Veon Bell when he held out. Yeah, he regrets it. So, but right now it's 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 the JT watch and. As of right now, he's not with the team, and it's really Evan Holt. Zach Moss uh, broke his wrist. He's out for an extended period of time. So you really just got to keep an eye on that Colts backfield, and, and will Taylor actually report to camp anytime soon? But th- th- they're at a standstill as of right now. In Jacksonville, uh, in what was really a very quiet offseason, the Jag- Jaguars re-signed Evan Ingram to a fat new contract worth $42 million. He's coming off career high in catches, receiving yards. He's got some real upside if the team starts targeting him in the red zone, something that didn't happen last year, but there's Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley's back, as you probably know, and that's there's lost. only one ball to go around in Jacksonville, and a lot of players have won it. Let's go uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, not a ton of movement here in the offseason. They replaced Orlando Brown with Jawan Taylor at tackle. They also let Juju Smith-Schuster and Nicole Hardman walk in free agency, but they're going to be fine. They're going to be among yeah. the favorites for the Super Bowl again. All right. Very concise. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas Raiders. Brian, one thing people need to know. It's more more holdout talk here. I should be talking about how Jimmy Garoppolo might break the Raiders offense in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's will Josh Jacobs hold out? He has not. Mm-hmm. Will, will he hold out? He hasn't reported to Raiders training camp yet. And if he doesn't, we're looking at, at Zamir White as the, yeah. the starting running back. And his ADP has been creeping up as it should be. And I don't know. But if they, I, I'm buying the Jacobs dip. Dip, I think he will report, and they are surely going to run him into the ground even more than they yeah, did right, last exactly. year. Exactly. Now they really yeah. don't need it. Definitely not. All right, final one for this segment. Los Angeles Chargers. Aside from getting Austin Eckler some new money, they upgraded offensive coordinator. They let Dink and Dunk specialist Joe Lombardi leave, and they moved to Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Moore was very successful at Dallas, and his firing is largely considered a baffling move by uh, Jerry Jones. You know, I I don't understand it. Most people don't. Um, Moore used a lot of three-receiver sets in Dallas. That could lend itself to Quentin Johnson getting some decent early play. Moore leans slightly run-heavy in Dallas. Maybe that bodes well for Austin Eckler. But overall, I love the off-season move to Kellen Moore for the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, there's going to be a lot of Chargers love the remainder of the summer. I think exciting that's, times. It, it, absolutely. LA. They are a cursed team, though. I'm worried about that. Well, if you, if you saw their playoff game, yeah, it feels that way. Uh, when we come back, more of the things you need to know about every team's offseason. We'll wrap up the rest of the league. Segment number two in moments.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. It's our in-season full two-hour version of Fantasy Football Weekly. We're delighted you're with us for season number 29 fantasy football weekly we're going through every nfl team and talking about the one thing you need to know about their offseason we alphabetically left off basically right in the middle and we pick up with the los angeles rams matt yeah the rams model of trading away all of their draft picks for established veterans well we all knew it wasn't very sustainable and the bill is now due uh they were amongst the most cash strapped teams this offseason so they basically signed nobody Mm. they didn't really lose much either so they're really running it back and hoping that the trio of aaron donald matthew stafford and cooper cup can all stay healthy for the full year and propel them to wins but it's a pretty pretty low depth chart team. Yeah, we're going to talk about at least one of those players more in depth later in the show. Brian, what's the one thing people need to know about the Dolphins offseason? I'm just trying to make sense of this backfield right now. It's Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and rookie Devin Uchain, mm-hmm. who have dubbed one chains. Um, I'm having trouble drafting any of these guys. I, I don't like. It's all about Tua in the pass game, but it's what running back is going to stand out and really be fantasy relevant this year. I, people are excited about a chain, but uh, he's not. He's undersized, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's just kind of one of the the more gross, muddled backfields. Of course, they could still sign Dalvin Cook or one of these other free agent running backs. They're inexplicably still out there, not not signed yet. Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, but it's just a backfield to keep your eye on. But 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 if one of these backs emerges, uh, they will have a lot of value. For the Vikings, of course, Dalvin Cook was released. Alexander Madison rolls uh, in as the presumed workhorse starter. In fact, at halftime of the Thursday night preseason game, he called himself the bell cow of this team. So he's certainly under the impression that that Alexander Madison is going to be the go-to guy. And Ty Chandler looked good in the Thursday night preseason game. I think he's going to be on the field more than people think, but it's Madison's job to lose. He, um, he should... I just think the overall offense of Minnesota is so good that virtually anybody can have a certain amount of fantasy success, even if you're a modest talent like Alexander Madison. 
Matt, let's go to the New England Patriots. What's the one thing people need to know about their offseason? It's all Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, oh, baby. He, I love it. He might be the most cowbelly bell cow in the league this year. And I know you guys said Nick Chubb, but Ramondre Stevenson's going to be right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look like they'll have one of the worst passing offenses in the league. Adding Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't really help that. Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi probably splitting snaps again at some point or another this year. They don't They don't seem to like Bailey Zappi as much as we all like Bailey Zappi. No, they don't seem to like Mac Jones all that much either, but uh, it, it's going to be a mess in the passing game, and they're going to run all the time in New England. Brian, what are the Saints' one big story from the offseason? Well, it's not Derek Carr. That doesn't move the needle for me. It's okay. almost like a lateral move from Andy Dalton. I'll, I, gi- I'll give Carr I, the I edge that. over Dalton. Um, but it's, it's not as much as people think. No, definitely not. And uh, – I was going to say Michael Thomas. Will he actually play? Who knows? Only time will tell. No no one knows the answer. This is just another backfield that's really muddled. We do know Alvin Kamara will be out for the first three games, suspended for his altercation over Pro Bowl weekend uh, last year. And then we have Jamal Williams coming over from the Lions. Uh, We mentioned earlier that he led the league in uh, rushing touchdowns last year. I don't think he repeats that with the Saints. And they also drafted Kendry Miller. So it's just another backfield like, one of these guys has to step up, or it's either just going to be a total mess from a fantasy perspective, or it's just a, a three a three man rotation starting in Week Four once Kamara comes back. For the Giants, desperately needed receiving help came to New York when Darren Waller was acquired from the Raiders. Waller posted monster seasons in 2019, 2020, but injured on and off for the last two years, which has got many fantasy owners concerned. But the bigger reason Waller was traded was that Josh McDaniels just wasn't utilizing him. Even in the games he played in, he was averaging only four targets per game and just three catches per game. Waller is, by a mile, the best receiver on the Giants, and should he play the full season, I think has tremendous upside all the way up to potentially tight end two. It's so bizarre to me that McDaniels, who had Gronk in New England, yeah. couldn't figure out how to use Waller. Right. So maybe to me, I think Waller, there's a better chance that Waller's just cooked. I don't think so, but I hope I, I want to believe that yeah. is not the case. Let's go to the Jets. What's the one thing people need to know about their offseason? Aaron Rodgers and all of his friends went to New York. That includes <laughs> Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Yep. That's the biggest move of the entire offseason in the NFL, and it was a series of moves, really. It's now Mr. Rogers' neighborhood in New York. He was he came across as likable in the first episode of Hard Knocks, which oh, he, I hated. He can I didn't make himself likable <laughs> if he wants to be. You think it's just an act? Oh, yeah. Every, everything is uh, calculated by Aaron Rodgers for sure. If Garrett Wilson finished as wide receiver one, would you be surprised? Might be in the peacock off a little bit later. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, well, I've strayed into that. Okay. My apologies for that. Let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles, Brian. What do people need to know about their offseason? Uh, another another backfield that's been uh, totally overhauled. Uh, they traded for DeAndre Swift. They signed Rashad Penny, uh, who left uh, Seattle, of course, the, the oft-injured Rashad Penny, who, who's great, though, when healthy, but he's he's rarely healthy. Kenneth Gainwell, still in town, so just another... And Boston route, Scott. And Boston if Scott. If only for the two games against the Giants. Yeah, we, gotta, we, know, we know he's the back we're targeting when they're playing the Giants, but otherwise, another, another really messy backfield where when I'm drafting, I'm just taking the cheapest guy in Kenneth Gainwell right now because I don't know who's going to stand out from these guys. It seems like Penny will get the... First crack at the the early um, down. I think work. it's going to be Swift. Swift. I, this is just going to be another three man rotation that is just going to be a yeah. headache yeah. for yeah. fantasy. You're, ta- you're taking the bottom rank guy. I'm just a none. 
Yeah. I'm just bottom I'm or not, none. I'm just not touching it. And, and out of that backfield, take Jalen Hurts. He's going to be the best running back they have. I'm with you on that. Oh, how? It, but it is all about Dan Arnold now. With the oh, that, that, uh, that, that's, that's true. They brought, they brought in Dan Arnold. When, when Dallas 46. snaps his femur in week four, it's going to be Dan Arnold time. <laughs> it will be. Don't joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's going to go excited. snap Dallas Goddard's femur. Pittsburgh, the only notable news is much-needed improvement to the offensive line. They put a first-round pick in to tackle Broderick Jones, and they got guard Isaac Siumalo from Philadelphia. The offensive line, which was dreadful for most of the past three seasons, should be markedly better this year. Let's head over to San Francisco. The one thing people need to know about that offseason. Underrated thing, the Niners lost five key members of their defense to free agency and tackle Mike McGlinchey. They were able to sign Javon Hargrave away from the Eagles to help that defensive line, but the defense is going to be way different in San Francisco this year. Uh, also, it looks like Brock Purdy is moving forward as their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's going to be healthy to go. If it's not him, my money's on Sam Darnold and not Trey Lance. It sounds like Trey Lance maybe has a foot out the door, maybe traded. Lots of rumors about him. I, I'm he, I'm seeing some positioning about of talking up Trey Lance and I'm like are they just trying to get him traded yes I mean is it is it all just you know is this real or the Niners just trying to drum up some trade value for I Trey think Lance? they would take a third round pick easily for Trey Lance right now Seattle Brian Geno Smith way 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 too underrated undervalued right now quarterback 16 in terms of ADP last year he was eighth in points per game fifth in total points among quarterbacks they added the Top, arguably the top wide receiver in the draft this year. Seattle probably has the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, Geno's got top five potential. Again, top eight potential. Right now, quarterback 16. I, I don't get it. People are giving him no respect, but he deserves all the respect in the world right now, especially with the weapons they've added around him in the draft. We don't have a Rodney Dangerfield button. I get no respect. No, I don't think we, we no. have anything like that. It's no. not exactly an offseason move, yeah. but I that's the one. Well, the moves was they they bolstered his arsenal. Okay, basically. And this he, isn't about and moves. This is about the off, one thing you should know. know. Yes. One thing you should know is you should be <laughs> drafting Geno Smith. <laughs> For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously Tom Brady is gone. Baker Mayfield might be the starter. He starts preseason game one, and then they're going to go to Kyle Trask in season uh, preseason game number two. Uh, you know that part probably. Leo Fournette released. That moves Rashad White into the starting lineup. He'd been the starter in the second half of last year, as you may remember, but Fournette was getting roughly the same workload there. And even as the starter last year, White didn't do much. He failed to score a rushing touchdown all year long and averaged out as just running back 32 across his starting games. Mm. There's a lot of momentum behind Rashad uh, Rashad White, but he's got to get better than he was last year. Offensive line is healthier, which might help. Our final two teams are the Tennessee Titans and the Washington Commanders. Matt, hit me with the Titans. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins signed in Tennessee after being let go by the Cardinals. Uh, This could help open a few holes for Derrick Henry and take some of the coverage off of Traylon Burks and Chig Okonkwo, but it's still Ryan Tannehill starting quarterback uh, for the month of September at least. I'll, uh, in, at fantasy football training camp, we'll go into the deep dive stuff on the schedule. The schedule's brutal for the Titans to start the year. All right, noted. And I, I like the I like the fast start teams. Will Levis starts by by week six. Wow, that would be uh, that. That's about as early as I've seen anybody project. All right, our final team, Washington. 
There is hype around second-year quarterback Sam Howell, and uh, the question is, is it real? He's got some intriguing weapons in Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, uh, Antonio Gibson. He's going to have a, a big role uh, receiving out of the backfield. New offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. So it's really, are you believing in Sam Howell, or are they just going to go with old, boring old Jacoby Brissett? Only time will tell, but Sam Howell has been uh, sort of a sexy late-round pick so far in, in drafts. We'll talk summer. more about him later on in the show, I assure you. When we come back, the Peacock Off. Two bold predictions from each one of us. That should be a total of two, four. That's six bold <laughs> predictions. So good, man. For your fantasy team coming up next on Fantasy Football Week. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Jarchian, Matt Harrison, Brian Johnson with you. If you have not yet tried a guillotine league, it's the funnest, freshest new way to play fantasy football. You start with 18 teams because there's 18 weeks in the season. And instead of playing head-to-head, Every week, the low-scoring team gets chopped from the league, and their entire roster goes to the waiver wire where pandemonium ensues. It is a perfect way to play. It Bring your whole regular league. Bring them over to do this as a shadow league and see which is more fun. And add a few people. And you could add a few people, yeah. right, because you're probably not playing an 18-team league. You can even add some friends. And don't forget about the Super Chop format where you can play for, for the big bucks. Yeah, high stakes. 12 leagues of 12 teams. You play through week 11, you win your league, then you redraft in November against the 11 other league winners for the big big prize. So you win money, you get to draft again. It's it's an awesome format. Yeah, if you want to play for high stakes, Super Chop is the high stakes way to play. You can also play private leagues with friends and family, 8 to 18 teams. GuillotineLeagues.com. All right, this is called the Peacock Off. Two bold predictions from each one of our hosts. We'll see if these uh, hold water. I should have looked up last year's peacock offs. I don't remember. I do remember mine. I did well. I didn't nail them, but I remember I had 
Goddard as a top three tight end. Mm-hmm. He was well on his way. Yeah, or he before was, he got hurt. He got yep. hurt. And then I had Barkley as RB1. He was sort of on his yeah, way, and yeah. then he tapered off a little bit towards mm, the end. I, I'll, but, uh, I'll give you partial credit on both. I didn't those. whiff. I'll put it that way. It yeah. wasn't a major right. whiff. That makes sense. Uh, I said, uh, I remember mine, was Jonathan Taylor's going to roll his ankle in week one, oh, yeah, and then he's it. never going to be the same guy all year. Wow. So, yeah, that was. I thought that was very, very prescient of Astute. Me. Thank you. Yeah. Matt, let's go with you. Your first of two peacock offs. Well, you might have you might have snuck into this one a little bit. I have Garrett Wilson. Oh. Finishing the season as the top wide receiver in the league. The no, number one number wide one overall. Uh, I mowed your lawn, sorry. You, you, a little bit, but uh, it's okay. Uh, from week 12 on last year, he had eight or more targets in six of the last seven games. Six or more receptions in three of those games. But only two touchdowns in the final seven games, and they both happened in week 12 against the Bears. He only had four to- total touchdowns last year. That's what's depressing his value mm-hmm. right now. And that was with Mike White and yeah. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Now, insert. Hey, hey, don't forget Chris Streveler. <laughs> I had a starter, too. too Didn't the, Joe Flacco? The, wasn't he in the oh, mix at some point? <laughs> just a, I think so. an amazing stable of quarterbacks yes. for the Jets. Life. Yikes. Well, Aaron Rodgers is there now. Rodgers, top wide receiver, has had pretty good to great touchdown totals the last few years. Christian Watson had seven receiving scores. All came in week 10 or later mm-hmm. of last year when, the, when they kind of got the, the mojo flowing. Devontae Adams had five years of double-digit touchdowns in six years of being a full-time starter in Green Bay. And we don't think that Rodgers has a little bit of prove-it in him this year. He's going to chuck the ball to Garrett Wilson so many times, and Wilson's so good. It's it's possible. I I, I think this is a fantastic peacock off. Thank it's, you. It, it fits all the criteria what we're looking for. It's outside of the normal thinking, and it's a defensible position. Brian, your first of two peacock offs. Well, I'm not... <laughs> Wait for the peacock, no, yeah, please. Not, yeah, Obviously. If, if you're going to not talk every time we play the peacock, there's not going <laughs> to be a show left. All right. We're run out of time. Well, I'm not predicting he'll be wide receiver one, but I'm predicting Odell Beckham Jr., who's not really so much of a junior anymore, will be a top 24 wide receiver, All right. which is a reach because he is wide receiver 51 yeah. right now in terms of ADPs. 30 years old. Last we saw Beckham on a football field. Uh, he was on his way to a monster game for the Rams in the Super Bowl. Not last Super Bowl, but, but the Super Bowl before, before that. That's right. Uh, before he tore his Achilles around the midpoint of the game. But he had two catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. He was really coming on for the Rams at that time. I mean, he was it was the Super Bowl. But leading up to that, because he, he signed midway through the, the season, if I recall correctly. But he looked like the Odell Beckham of old then. That Granted, that was like a year and a half ago, but... Odell Beckham is one of the best wide receivers any of us have seen in our lifetime, in his prime. Um, I think he still got some gas in the tank uh, after a year off. Uh, he, he's They said he was going to be on the, the veteran schedule for practice and training camp, which means like every other day. But he's been practicing every day. He looks healthy. Uh, the Ravens have a new offensive coordinator, and Todd, don't call me Art Munkin, who you uh, mentioned earlier, Charge. So Baltimore's pass play percentage should increase by leaps and bounds. Yes, there's competition for targets, but the primary concern is their tight end, Mark Andrews. Rashad Bateman is off the pup list, but he struggled to stay healthy in his short career. Zay Flowers looks like a nice rookie, but he's he's a rookie. We got to see what we have there. So at wide receiver 51, I'm essentially all in on, on the risk of drafting Odell Beckham. If he just gets a wide receiver 30, that's Yahtzee right there. So uh, I'm rolling the dice on Beckham. I think he's got... 
Uh, I think he could surprise a lot of people. So I've been drafting him pretty heavily. In Jacksonville, rookie running back Tank Bigsby will score more fantasy points than Travis Etienne. Oof. Tank Bigsby going up the board is running back 46. Etienne running back 12. Mm. And I'm calling my shot right now. And here's why. Travis Etienne, not a goal line guy. Last year with nobody else to carry the ball at the goal line, he got a bunch of carries. He scored two times Mm. from inside the five. That's it. Etienne can't be trusted to score touchdowns. You might think Etienne's got great hands. He doesn't. He's got average NFL hands, and he only caught two passes per game last year. He's not a threat there. You know who catches really well? Tank Bigsby? Why, yes, it is Tank Bigsby, as a matter of fact. You know what I need on my button bar? I need a tank sound. Can we find a tank sound? Thank you, Robbie. By hour number two, we will have, have that tank, tank sound. Outstanding. You can we're, use it for tank Dell yeah, too. Yeah, it works for God, Great point. The multi-purpose uh, tank sounder coming up here. Tank Bigsby is big enough for goal line use. He's slithery. He's fast. He's got breakaway skills. He can catch. I think it, Travis Etienne's going to get going to get more carries. He's going to get more touches. But he might not get the kinds of touches that generate fantasy points, touchdowns, and receptions. That's going to Tank Bigsby. Sounds like you got a lot to uh, think about in your your tank bank. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Man. Let's go to Matt Harrison, your second of two peacock offs. Uh, I've got Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys. Finishing with over 2,000 scrimmage yards this season. All right. Uh, First off, only one running back had 2,000 scrimmage yards last year. That was the top running back in the league. That was Josh Jacobs. Mm. Pollard had almost 1,400 last year. And he's got a couple of other things going for him this year. He's playing out this year on the franchise tag, so it's a contract year. And the Cowboys made DeMarco Murray Tony Pollard here. Just run him into the ground. Yeah, a decade ago. Yep. Uh, he's also looking at a backfield with Ezekiel Elliott gone and his 248 touches and about 950 total yards. By the way, 248 touches and 950 total yards. It's not good. No. Zeke. That's why Zeke's not signed. That's right. The backups don't look like viable contributors. Charge already kind of mentioned that. And Mike McCarthy fired Kellen Moore. Because he scored too fast and didn't run the ball enough. (laughs) So Mike McCarthy took over play-calling duties. It's going to be a lot of running, and it's going to be a lot of Pollard this year. This Kellen Moore thing is going to come up a lot. Oh, it is. Like in in another, like, in like 20 seconds. Okay, Okay, well, then go ahead. What is your peacock off? Well, you got to play the peacock first, right? Thank you. Yeah. And And then we got to wait. Certainly, yeah, got to wait it out. Yeah. Nobody interrupt the peacock. All right, we're, we're, we're going to go back to Kellen Moore talk. I got Gerald Everett finishing as a top eight tight end this year. He's going to beat out tight ends getting drafted before him. Everett's going like tight end 17 right now. He's going to beat out Chigo Conquo, Tyler Higby, Dalton Schultz, Greg Dulcich, Dalton Kincaid, Pat Fryermuth, David Njoku, Evan Engram. He's going to finish higher than all those guys in terms of PPR points. Everett had career highs in targets, receptions, and receiving yards last year in a dink and dunk offense. Like you said, Charge, uh, he also added six catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown against the Jaguars in the playoffs, so he finished very strong. That's just scratching the surface for what Everett can do in this revamped offense under Kellen Moore. Um, last season, Everett was one of nine tight ends with 300 plus with, with 300 plus yards after the catch. He was one of eight tight ends with at least 100 yards 
after contact over the last two years. Dallas tight ends under Kellen Moore finished top eight in total receptions as a whole. I'm just so high on everyone in this Chargers offense, but Gerald Everett is a screaming value right now. He's going to have a big, big year. Look at my GG right now. Available for free at KeatingLeaks.com. Hmm. I got him as uh, tight end 12 at the moment. All right. You're, you're higher I'm, than I'm consensus. Higher, I'm a lot higher than consensus, yeah. but I'm not where you are yet. But, but you made a you made a persuasive argument. Thank you. I could move him ahead of. Thank you. Thank you very much. David Njoku, <laughs> who's the player I've got ahead of him. If I had the tank sound, I'd play it right now. Hmm. Sure. Is your next uh, peacock off? Oh, oh look oh, at that. Oh, I like it. It's also a yeah, no, it's also motorcycle a or a yeah. semi truck. Or... It's, it's a combustion engine yeah. of some kind. <laughs> It's a 1940s uh, German tank. All right. And oh, I, oh I, yeah, I guys. The they got motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched I Think You Should Leave Yet, George? Uh, yes. Motorcycle with no motor? Okay. But I don't remember this bit. Two motorcycles with a tiny house in the middle? <laughs> That's a car. <laughs> Sam Howell is going to finish as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Oh, man. Whoa. I've, I've come full circle on Sam oh, Howell. Okay. Yes. Uh, my oh. original thinking coming out of last year was if Sam Howell was particularly good, he would have gotten a start before week 18. Then I watched week 18, and I started thinking more about it. Dude is very mobile, which is very important to trying to get into the top 10. Now, he's not like Lamar Jackson's level. He's at that next tier of mobility where he can get 30 and 40 rushing yards a game. It won't be like 50, 60, 70, like some of the great runners are, but he can get, he can get you four or five running points without scoring touchdowns in any game. Sam Howell's got a big arm. And in that week 18 game, they're just letting it fly. They were just bombs downfield, bombs downfield. Jahan Dotson cradling long sideline receptions. He's got the attributes to be a fantasy star, Sam Howell does. Now, the little things can all fall apart. And I have I don't know right now if Sam Howell is even gonna start week one. Wait a minute. But you're, here's what you're I know. peacock offing here. You gotta get get play your flag. Come on, Charge. Well, I am. I just said he's gonna be a top <laughs> ten fantasy quarterback. He has all the right attributes that you want as a fantasy owner. Do we want Dink and Dunk underneath quarterbacks? No. We want strong-armed mobile quarterbacks because that gets you into the territory of the great fantasy quarterbacks. He's got those attributes in him. I think Sam Howell is going to win this job. I think he's going to finish as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. There you go. Rounding out the Peacocks. If, if that hits, that's more than a, than a Peacock. That, I don't know. That's, that's quite the call. <laughs> I have him right now, Sam Howell. Number 10. On my cheat sheet as quarterback 14. That, yeah, that You would, don't want to draft him as that, a top 10. That would be a massive peacock. That would be a massive peacock. Yeah. Absolutely. That would be like the Dirk Diggler of peacocks. Matt, give me an emerging trend in the drafts you're seeing this year. Um, One of the things I kind of found, it's going to be really difficult to find 300-touch runners this year. Hmm. Um, there were only eight of them last year that had 300-plus rush attempts plus receptions. Those were, and how about we play a game? You tell me if they're going to repeat as 300-touch runners. Okay. All right. Josh Jacobs, what do you guys think? Yes. If he he'll, signs. He'll, he'll, yeah. they, they always, they all, other than Le'Veon Bell, they all eventually come, and they, you know, they, just, they can't say no to a half million dollars a game. Okay, so there's one. Derrick Henry. 
Yes. I don't see it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, unless he breaks down. This is, if this is the year he breaks down, no, obviously. But They like yeah. Tajay Spears, too. I think they're going to want to see what they got in him. So okay. I, don't, I don't think he right. gets her. Saquon Barkley. Absolutely. Yeah, with, you know, between rushing and receiving. All yes. right, so with two for sure. Christian McCaffrey. I'm on no. I think they're going to keep McCaffrey fresh for the playoffs. I think they're going to limit his usage. You're going to see a lot of Elijah Mitchell. There, I, there was a pretty big discrepancy in touch totals for McCaffrey when Elijah Mitchell was, was healthy. That's right. Nick Which Chubb. he's not right now, though. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, no, he's, he's, never, he's never healthy. <laughs> Nick Chubb is the next one. I know what you guys are saying there. Absolutely. Yes and yes. Yes. Najee Harris. No. Jalen Warren's a better running back than Najee Harris. Yeah, that my wor- I don't think Warren's I don't know if they're better, but they're— I don't think Warren's very good either. But I, my worry is the same, that he's just not good enough to warrant it. So I'm going to say no on Najee Harris. All right, so we got three out of those first six. Austin Eckler. Yeah. I think we feel yeah, pretty you, confident when you're about get, it. When you're going to catch 100 passes, it's pretty easy yeah. to get to 300 total touches. Also uh, in a contract year. Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, no. No. Nah. I don't think so either. I mean, he needs a team first. Um, help. And here's some guys who could crack that list this year. And tell me if, what you think of these guys. So let's start with Bijan Robinson. Think he gets to 300. Yes. With the reception, he could catch 70 passes. If they actually throw the ball. Yeah, it's a good point. They don't like to throw. I don't think that Tyler Algier is going to be a total non-factor. I don't, I don't think it's a slam dunk. And people are drafting, as mm-hmm. we talked about earlier, like he's a slam dunk for 300 touches. I don't know, but I, I'll, I'll lean yes. Okay. Ramondre Stevenson. Probably. Yeah, baby. Unless so they too. sign one of these running backs just floating in outer space. I love yep. Ramondre. He's my running back four right now. A, a guy that I just highlighted, Tony Pollard. Never, never used that way, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Never used as a workhorse, but that also makes him fresh, and they have the new offensive coordinator. Brian Schottenheimer might use him that way. Just because Kellen Moore didn't doesn't mean that they won't. So I'm I'm on yes on Tony Pollard. Also in a contract year, yes, I yes. Believe. on yeah. the franchise. Thing. You got to love that, uh, the tagged and contract year players for sure. All right, I got three more. We're at seven that I think that we're, we're, we're on right now. James Conner. They don't have anybody else to go to either. So I don't know if they're going to get enough first downs. But we'll, <laughs> that's a concern, and he needs to stay healthy. Yeah, I'm going to go no on Connor. So we're saying no on Connor. Damian Pierce. Oh yeah, baby. What people don't realize is the 50 receptions he's going to have this year. Mm. Damian Pierce is going to be a star workhorse that nobody sees coming. What do you think, Brian? I have to say yes. Okay. But no, I'd, I I would lean yes on Pierce. All right, final guy, Jonathan Taylor, if he comes back. Yes. All right. Probably. So Another we're, guy who will be in a contract year as well. So, yeah, they'll run him into the ground. So we're looking at about nine guys, nine times. Nine. The, the nine. running backs. Nine who, times. Nine times. Who may get to 300 touches. That's it. That's, that's how we feel. Yeah. That's, you know, that's not a lot. And there's yeah. some real value in those nine guys. Yeah. But we'll note running backs are not being taken very often. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more and a little bit later in the show as – one of the emerging trends from the drafts that we're seeing so far, and we'll uh, we'll touch on that a little bit later on. Um, what are you happy if if you walk out of your draft? Tell me what makes you happy, Brian. You 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 go back and you look at the roster from the draft that you just completed. What has happened to make you like that team? By the way, you're talking to the guy who's probably drafted more than all of the other co-hosts on this show combined this year. I did a, a self-audit today. I was drafting in February while the NFL postseason was still <laughs> in progress. Yes. 
How many drafts would you guess that I have done? Five hundred. You're a little high, but four hundred. So I don't. I can't. Answer, I don't know. My, you, my, you my, don't even. Yeah, know. I don't go back and look. <laughs> I just keep drafting. <laughs> I'll go back and look. Hopefully, when I'm winning a bunch of money. I always feel like I can pick my team. I look mm-hmm. at the whole league. I can go back and go. Well, that's my team. Mm-hmm. I can tell if I've done it. If I've done it right, I can pick my team out of the league. Yeah. You know. I think I'm happy if I leave with uh, Travis Kelsey. In my draft. Go all that. You better one of the first four picks or something. Yeah. Then. So that's, you know, you can't help that. Yeah. That's not your fault. That's, that's the, true. That's the thing about that. No, I really I, want to get a couple of these stud running backs that are a dying breed. They're yeah. almost an ex, they're ex, practically extinct. Man, it's almost like do the opposite is a thing now. Yeah. Well, funny, it, I get the feeling somehow we're actually at that point now where people are doing the opposite. Which Let's is, talk about it more yeah, on the maybe, three tough yeah, questions. I think that's a good idea. Three tough questions coming up next. You want to stay tuned and play along. See if you can go 3-0. and At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. It's our number two fantasy football weekly. Paul Charchi and guillotine leagues.com. Matt Harrison, shock fantasy, Brian Johnson, guillotine leagues.com. It is time for a game we like to call Three Tough Questions. Traditionally, we start with... Tough question number one. What's the best position to draft from this year? Early in the draft? The middle of the this is the first round. Early first round? Middle first round? Or the end of the first round? We begin with Matt Harrison. Uh, I want to draft early this year. I want uh, Travis Kelsey or Justin Jefferson. And then at the end of the second or early third rounds, ADP is saying that uh, my number one wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, sitting there, Amon Ra, St. Brown, Jalen Hurts, Ramondre Stevenson, they're they're all around Mm. the turn in 2-3. I really like drafting really early, first or second, and then looking at that on the way back. All right, Brian, where do you want to be in the first round? The early, middle, or late part. 
I prefer the late. There's a lot, of, a lot of avenues you can take. You can take two, two stud wide receivers, uh, like a CD Lamb, and then in the second round of Garrett Wilson. I'm on. St. Brown's not making it to the late second. He back. shouldn't. He's he not. shouldn't. Shouldn't. He will not. So you can go the two stud wide receiver route. You could grab uh, a Stephon Diggs or a AJ Brown, pair him with either Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts, or you can get two of uh, the the dying breed of, of stud bell cow running backs uh, late in the first round. I think there's just a lot of a lot of ways you can go. Uh, you're resigned just to a lot of – you're tethering yourself to ADP, I feel like, if you're drafting early, mid-rounds. It's tough to take risks, but there's a lot of uh, wide-open ranges of outcome late in the first round, which I think all uh, can lead to success. Gosh, I hope Charch says middle because then we could all draft together. The running back position is so devoid of, like, this – uber-talented, sure thing. Mm -hmm. Sure things in air quotes, right? Yeah. Like Jonathan Taylor was supposed to be last year. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey was supposed to be the year before that. Um, all of the all of the runners have got warts, right? CMC's got warts. Eckler's got warts. Taylor's got warts. And so I feel like if there's ever a time that you want to be at the back of the draft, this is the one. There's not that much of a differential between the perceived value of the players at the front as opposed to the players at the back compared to most years. I love trading back. So, you know, I've got pick four. I don't, I'm don't. i happy. I'm just as happy with the guy I'm going to get at pick nine than I am at pick four. So I'll find somebody that wants to give me a fourth-round pick for the pleasure of moving back five spots where I'm just as happy to be. The pleasure. The differential between the front end and the back end of the draft is as low as any season I can remember. And the correct answer is the late first round. Tough question number two. Related question, as it turns mm. out, not intentionally. It's only taken 20 years, but the world has finally come around to do the opposite. Only four running backs are going in the first round and only nine in the first 30 picks. Mm. The first 30 picks only has nine runners. Is it time to do the opposite? Of do the opposite. We begin with Brian. I'm going to say yes. I, I I really am targeting getting Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley or Austin Eckler and I'll throw Bijan Robinson in the mix. If I can get two of those guys in the first two rounds, I'm going to do it. Because again, we we've gone over this already. There, it's it's a dying breed. The the bell cow back and wide receiver is is pretty deep this year. Quarterback is very deep. I think tight end is deeper uh, than most. I mean, I'm super high on Gerald Everett, so that answers that question. So, yes, I'm doing the opposite of the opposite, and I'm targeting the big-name running backs early on. Matt, is, it, is this the year to do the opposite of do the opposite? Is doing the opposite of doing the opposite doing the, the same thing? Uh, that's a good question. What, what happened there? Charge, you've built a legacy on zigging when others zag. And so doing the opposite, it, it it still might be do the opposite, but now you're taking the running backs early. So my I, head hurts. I, I, I think what Brian just said is is spot on. Uh, we we just talked about there may be nine runners that get to 300 touches this year. Maybe there's eight last year. I, I think grabbing two of those guys and getting two of them, I think it's a really smart move, and you can find wide receivers later. I didn't spend 20 years pounding the table to take every position but running back to back off of it now. <laughs> yes, part of it was that running backs were overdrafted. And so the value proposition was terrible for a long time. Sure. When eight or nine running backs were going in the first round, which was most of our lives until yeah. this year. So that was certainly part of the value proposition, but not all of it. 
Running back has the highest failure rate, the highest injury rate, the highest level of variance out of all of the positions, and I don't want to put my most valuable stock draft equity into that position. My first-round pick is the most valuable spot I've got. I don't want to put it into a position that breaks down the most. I'm still holding to the players I love at other positions. Give me elite receivers. Give me the rushing quarterbacks. Give me a great tight end with my early picks. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm doing the opposite, not the opposite of the opposite. Sharch, do you do you ever subscribe to a modified do the opposite, though? Like, get yeah, get that yeah. early tight end or get that early wide receiver and then go running back, running back, or or do two running backs in the first four rounds? How, how do you do it? Do you, Thank you for asking. Yeah. If a, it, and I've always said this, if a great running back falls far enough, I'm taking him. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not going to be so stubborn and do the opposite that sure. if my number four running back is there in the middle of the second round, okay, I'll probably make a move on that guy. So if a player, you know, if a running back falls far enough and I feel like the value is just too great to pass by, mm-hmm. we'll talk. Tough question number three. Calvin Ridley's last reception was August 24th, 2021. I think you mean October. October 21st, <laughs> 2021. Meaning he'll have gone 686 days until his first opportunity to catch a regular season pass. That would be week one at the beginning of this year. What is the appropriate level of concern for Calvin Ridley living up to his third round ADP. Is it no concern, some concern, or a bowel loosening level of existential dread? Matt. I don't want to say blowed. That's just sounds gross. Uh, I, I don't think that you can say 0.0 here, but to me, it's only a 0.1. I, I have a different, he's a different kind of threat that Jacksonville and their offense has had uh, Christian uh, Kirk is a great possession receiver really has the ability to be the top dog though. And it's shown throughout some of the highlight reel catches in camp. Last time we saw him, he was injured. The team was pretty diseased and now he's now playing with the best quarterback of his life in Trevor Lawrence. I'll say no concern. Cause it's so close to none. Okay. No, I, I believe that's you're saying none. Yep. Got it. All right, Brian, what is the appropriate level of concern for Calvin Ridley to live up to his third round ADP? Is it none, some, or a bowel-loosening level of existential dread? Uh, I'm going to go some. Uh, it's scary how long away he, uh, how long he's been away from the game, but it wasn't anything health-related. It was it was mental health-related at one point, and then the gambling suspension, of course. But, um, but he, he's healthy physically. Uh, he's looked great in camp. You don't want to, like— get too hyped about these uh, videos you see, but that that one where you see Zay Jones just run this, like, dig route, you're like, yeah, that looked good. And then Calvin Ridley does it. It looked like he did it on two times speed, which people probably (laughs) listen to this podcast on. So uh, he looked great in that regard. Uh, A lot of competition, though, for touches in Jacksonville. Uh, The age is up there. So third round seems pretty high. If I had to pick a Jacksonville wide receiver, I would lean Kirk a few rounds later. Mm -hmm. Seems safer with somewhat relative ceiling uh, to Ridley, but uh, I'm definitely not blowed on him. There's definitely no not no concern for drafting Ridley in the third round. That's very high, so I have some. You have some? Yes. He's 28 years old, so... 29 in December, so he's on the, the wrong side of 28, too. 
Oh gosh, <laughs> he's, he's old. Twenty. Th- those those twenty eight and six month guys yeah. fall off way yeah, quicker than really the twenty eight right, and one right, month guys. Yep. Um, I th- you know is that prime? Probably not. Like twenty six, twenty seven is probably fine, prime, but he's not far off of prime. And of course, he has he's didn't play two seasons, so the better part of two seasons. So there's a lot of tread left on the tire for Calvin Ridley. In 2020, as a reminder, he was wide receiver five in 2020. Then 2021 came. He got hurt early in the season, played hurt, and eventually ultimately missed most of the season. He's going to be the healthiest he's ever been since getting into the NFL. He Last offseason, middle last offseason, he chronicled all of the pain and injuries that he had been playing through while he was a member of the Falcons, and it was staggering that he was even on the field at all. Calvin Ridley showed tremendous, tremendous grit getting back on the field. He walks into this very potent Jaguars offense. They had the seventh highest pass play ratio Last year, they throw the ball a lot. Calvin Ridley is going to be the recipient of a lot of that. And we have seen players miss a lot of time, usually because of injury, and then come back and be good. You know, for Calvin Ridley, he missed last year not because of injury. So he's not like he's rehabbing an ACL Mm -hmm. or something, right? So I think there's still plenty of meat on the bone. I think he is going to live up to the third-round ADP. He was once one of the best receivers in the league, and he still might be. None. Correct answer. Wow. For the third of three tough questions. When we come back, it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the preseason. It's the reach around. Find out which players we would take one round early in every single round, two through 12. When we come back, Fantasy Football Weekly. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.
It's Fantasy Football Weekly Draft Time. It's the best time of year. We're doling out fantasy gifts in the form of reach arounds. Yes. <laughs> These are the players that you will want to reach one round early on to make sure you get. Go get your guys. If you want one piece of draft advice, it's go get your guys. Don't worry about ADP. Go get them around early. Can I get the cash option instead of this gift? <laughs> yes, you can. You can have exactly Thanks. what that is worth, cash. <laughs> uh, so here's how it works. We're going to give you a player, beginning with a player who has an ADP of the second round, who we think you should take in the first round. And we will continue to do that all the way through round number 13. Let's begin with Matt Harrison. Round number two, who are you, who is it, who are you taking in round one that would normally go in round two? Uh, well, you heard my peacock off, and Garrett Wilson has a round two ADP. I think he's going to be the number one overall wide receiver, so that one's easy for me. Okay. Brian, which second rounder are you taking in the first? I was definitely looking at Wilson, but I went with Amon Ra, St. Brown, poised for a huge season this year. Detroit did draft uh, running back Jameer Gibbs and tight end Sam Laporta. They'll certainly soak up some targets, mm-hmm. but they'll also help soften coverage for Sun God who has very little competition at wide receiver right now with Jamison Williams suspended for the first six games. We're looking at Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds, and Denzel Mims next up on the depth chart for the yeah. Lions. And the best part about Sun God is he is so bitter about yeah. all the wide receivers. <laughs> Take that were, ahead of him. Like 15 of them. Yeah. So he's got like a 50% chance of a spite game every week. He's going to go out there <laughs> just angry, and he's just going to be a monster, especially in PPR. So I would reach a round for Amon Ra St. Brown. My reach-around player, second-round player who I would take in the first round, it's quarterback Jalen Hurts. Last year, just as a rusher, so not even factoring in any part of his passing, he would have been RB12. He would have been Najee Harris just as a rusher. Last year, just as a passer, not factoring in his arm, his legs at all, he was quarterback 13, effectively Aaron Rodgers. I'm getting Aaron Najee Harris Rodgers in one bundle. That's a horrible name. It's it's not a great baby name. I don't I don't recommend that you go that way. Mm-mm. And because he's so effective as a runner and a passer, Hertz just doesn't give you dud games. Get this: if you don't count their meaningless Week 18 game. Never had a game with less than 18 fantasy PPR points. He just, the dud games aren't there. Surrounded by receiving talent. He's got the league's best offensive line. He's got room to be better as a passer in just his third full season throwing. And nobody can stop that goal line run where they pack everybody in and they throw in a couple of fullbacks to go push him into the end zone. The tush Nobody's push. got an answer to that. The tush push is what they call it. I like it. The tush push. I didn't come up with it. That's what for Jalen Hurts. Oh, yes. Jalen Hurts is my reach-around player. All right, let's go to round three. Which which round three player would you take in round two? This time we begin with Brian. I feel like we're going to all have the same answer here because we've mentioned him a bunch already on the show. And mm-hmm. Ramondre Stevenson, one of 15 running backs to top 1,000 rushing yards last year. He did it on just 210 carries. He was second in yards after contact per attempt. Do you guys recall where he finished in catches among running backs? It's, it's way higher than people think. I'm going to guess like sixth. Fourth. Yeah. He was on the field for 80% of New England's third down plays. That was the the most among all running backs. So, yeah, Stevenson, hopefully they don't dra- uh, sign one of these free agent running backs still floating around. But even if they do, not too concerned about it. I think we're all in agreement. He's in, in line for a, a bell cow role this year. So, Ramondre Stevenson with a bullet for me. Matt, which third round player are you taking in the second round? 
Ramondre Stevenson. Do you have anything new to add to this conversation? No, sir. All right. Uh, I also had Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson. It's just a slam dunk. I've already said earlier in this show he's my running back four. So obviously, I would end up. I would take him in the first round. He, coming off the career year, as you mentioned, he's RB ten last year in half point PPR. Assuming the Patriots continue to issue the big name veteran running backs, they keep bringing guys in, but then they don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramondre could lead the NFL in carries. He's got an outside chance. And by the way, I think the betting odds for this are like plus 2,500 mm. to lead the NFL in rushing yards. Might have to bet that when mm. I'm down in Iowa next week. If you're in a legal week. betting spot, you yeah. should do that. Um, if you go back to, sorry to cut you off, yeah. before he was drafted, his stock fell. He went to Oklahoma in the 2021 draft because he missed the season. He was suspended for marijuana, yeah. and then yep. he had an injury the year before. So GMs are way too low on Stevenson. He would have been a first-round pick if none of that BS had happened to him. New England's rushing play percentage the last three years, second, seventh, and 14th. They Bill Belichick likes to run the ball. And when your quarterback's as bad as his is, it makes sense. There are no other threats at the goal line. Damian Harris is gone. He's in Buffalo now. Ramondre's going to get goal line carries. Brian, you touched on the receiving prowess. Among running backs with at least 50 targets last year, he had Pro Football Focus's ninth highest rating as a receiving running back, Ramondre Stevenson. And you already you you hit on many of the great metrics that show what a good runner Ramondre Stevenson is. I'm just glad I didn't add anything. Yeah, because I had a, I yeah. had a whole bunch of stuff to say about Ramondre Stevenson. And if don't tempt me to turn the whole rest of the show into how much I love Ramondre Stevenson. Let's continue the reach around into round four. Which fourth rounder would you take in the third round, Matt? Uh, I have TJ Hawkinson here. Uh, assuming that I didn't get uh, Travis Kelsey in the first round, Hawkinson's my number two tight end on the board. And to me, the high end tier really kind of ends with him. So I think I'm going to try to get TJ Hawkinson uh, in round three, a round early. All right, Brian, which fourth rounder are you taking in the third round? You're going to have to dust off that air bear button. Oh. Justin Herbert, the air bear. The air bear is back. We're going to beat this dead horse uh, multiple times. Uh, So excited for this Chargers offense again under new OC Kellen Moore, who the Cowboys failed to retain. Just another donk move by Jerry Jones and his merry band of morons in the front office. (laughs) How Uh, do you really feel? Over the last four seasons, the the Cowboys were 12th, 4th, 10th, and 2nd in passing yards per game. The Chargers added Quentin Johnston in the draft, Keelan Allen, um, Keenan Allen, excuse me, Mike Williams healthy right now. I love Gerald Everett. You got to love Austin Eckler catching balls out of the backfield. Of course, Justin Airbear Herbert could finish as QB one. And that's saying something because he's not very mobile, no. I, but I think he has that potential. But let's, while you're talking about Air Bears mobility, remember, you know, last year he was all kinds of hurt, including the sternum injury that just looked brutal. And I'm amazed he played through it. Prior to that, he'd been sneaking in like four touchdowns a year on the ground. Hey, he's an athlete. And he is an athlete, mm-hmm. and that could come back this season. My fourth rounder, I would take in the third round. Running back, Damian Pierce. Uh-oh. That's my guy. No. We wanted to save that one for your charge. Right, thank you very yeah. much. Quietly very good last year. He was a top 10 PFF rushing grade. He had a top 10 yards after contact among players of at least 100 carries. He got game scripted out of a lot of Texans losses last year. And I think Houston's going to be a lot better, as I mentioned earlier in the show. The big difference for 2023, though, for Damian Pierce is going to be his receiving. 
He was an adroit receiver in college, which a lousy Houston coaching staff just never capitalized on last year, maddeningly. He's being used as a receiver copiously in training camp, which I love. And you've probably seen social media highlights of some of the catches that Damian Pierce has made. And his new offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, was part of a Niners coaching staff that threw the ball seven times per game to running backs. Seven times seems low for the Niners. That's pretty good. If yeah. they're going to throw seven times per game, Damian Pierce is going to get sure. five of them. Yeah. You know, it's not like Devin Singletary is a great receiver because he's not. If he was, he'd probably still be in ball, in Buffalo. So, Damian Pierce, correct answer. There we go. All right. Let's move to the fifth round. Which fifth round player would you reach a round for in the fourth round? Brian. I thought this was one of the tougher rounds uh, to reach. Uh, so, I went. I don't think you guys are going to be in agreement here, but I went with Christian Watson, who his career nearly started with a big bang. He dropped a 70-yard bomb on the Packers' first offensive play that surely would have gone for a score. He catches that ball. I think his his whole season is different, but uh, it was a rough go early on for him after that. Weeks two through nine, uh, he missed some time with injury, posted poor numbers, but he found his stride in week 10, scoring three touchdowns in that game, then adding five more touchdowns, both rushing and receiving, over the next three games, that was not a fluke. He is a legit talent. I know Aaron Rodgers is no longer the quarterback for the Packers. We're looking at Jordan Love now, but either way, Watson will lead the Packers in targets, I feel. And the the Packers pass game has a very favorable strength of schedule all season long. Got to love the two two games against the Vikings, especially. <laughs> that alone. But uh, I don't know. It was a tough, tough round for me, but I went with Watson, I believe. Matt. Who is the fifth round player you are going to reach around in the fourth? Uh, I've got Miles Sanders here. I think people are sleeping on him after the move to Carolina. Frank Reich has a particularly good track record with running backs in the past as well. Jonathan Taylor obviously had some awesome seasons there. The Eagles running backs before that. I think they utilize him a ton, especially with the rookie quarterback. And I think Miles Sanders, it's all systems go there. I also have Miles Sanders nice. for many of the same reasons, but also this. Ooh. Just because Philadelphia used the league's most maddening rotation of backs does not mean that's going to happen here. You touched on this. Frank Reich, Jonathan Taylor, right? So they can use a workhorse back here. And if anything, Philly saved mileage on him, mm-hmm. which I love. So he comes in here relatively fresh. He's still young, just 26 years old. No threats to his carries. Chuba Hubbard's no good. There's nobody else to take a carry that's going to meaningfully work into his his uh, playing time. And while Miles Sanders is not exactly the second coming of LaDainian Tomlinson, he can catch. His rookie year, he caught 50 passes. So it can be done. And I, given the money that they gave him, I think he's going to be a three-down back, and he's going to end up getting a lot of usage. Miles Sanders. All right, our final reach-around round is a player going off in the sixth round that you would take in the fifth round. Matt, you get to begin this one. Uh, I got James Conner here. There's no one else to get touches in the backfield, including Kyler Murray probably out or at least not running for the foreseeable future. Uh, He's another player we kind of mentioned before, has a chance at 300 touches if he can stay healthy. So I'll take James Conner here in the late rounds and have a good backup running back on my roster. All right, that makes sense. Brian. It's the sixth round, fifth round. Which sixth rounder are you taking around early? 
I'm going for Christian Kirk, who finished as wide receiver 11 in PPR last year, averaging 65 yards per game, very safe floor, had a very high ceiling a lot of weeks as well, had a target share north of 23%. You love that. He was also top five among wide receivers and red zone targets. Obviously, Calvin Ridley, the aforementioned Calvin Ridley, in town now for the Jaguars, but he's not taking Kirk off the field, who runs primarily out of the slot. Um, Ridley's more of a threat to Zay Jones, so uh, I still think rising tide lifts all ships, right? Lifts yeah. all boats. So yeah. uh, I'm buying Kirk in the fifth. I'll reach reach around on him there. Yeah, happily. wide receiver eleven going off the board in the fifth round feels very compelling. You know what else feels compelling? Darren Waller, my tight end three, going off the board at pick seventy. Game on. We talk about it constantly on Fantasy Football Weekly in our previous shows. Go get a tight end. Yeah, just a huge difference between knowing you've got 10 points coming from your tight end and hoping your tight end doesn't kill your week with one catch for 12 yards. The Giants traded a lot to get him, and Waller's the best receiver Daniel Jones really basically has ever worked with. I mean, in Daniel Jones' careers, who has he thrown a pass to that's a better receiver than Darren Waller? Isaiah Hodgins. You love Isaiah Hodgins. Richie James. Rich James. And it's a blessing for him to move from Josh McDaniels to Brian Dable. That is a massive massive offensive mind upgrade for Darren Waller as well. What about the injuries you're saying? I know you're thinking about it. Yes, he missed half of last season. He missed six games the year before that. But he played every game for the two years before that. And the kinds of injuries he sustained, it was a hamstring last year, it was a knee strain the year before that. That's not the type to suggest repeated issues. I, I'm I'm, I'm in on Darren Waller as a potential game-changing tight end. Let's take a break. When we come back, the next six rounds of the reach-around coming your way as Fantasy Football Weekly continues. Football Weekly. Thank you for joining us. My cheat sheet available for free at guillotineleagues.com. Guillotineleagues.com. Also the freshest. Oh, what kind of cheat sheets do you got there? Well, I've got the free cheat sheet, which has just got my players in order, and it's got auction values and stuff on it. But if you want all kinds of crazy data, I've got a premium cheat sheet that's got all kinds of great data. Ooh, a premium one. Why, yes. Yeah. It'll cost you $10. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, if you want the free one, that's there too. We are picking up the reach around right in the middle of our efforts here in what is ultimately going to be round It's round six. Which seventh round player would you take, Brian? It's not the most exciting pick, but I'm going to take Mike Evans, who first off, if you've seen the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix, he didn't get mentioned once, which is criminal. Yes. I mean, Mike Evans bailed that dude out pass after pass. He was a man among boys in college. He was. Uh, And he's been in the league for a while now, uh, nine years, but nine times. Nine times. Nine times. He has topped 1,000 yards. He has been top 15 in PPR points per game for four straight years. I know we're looking at a fugly situation, a quarterback with either Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, but players can put up numbers with bad quarterbacks. And here's an angle that could happen. 
Mike Evans could be traded at some point during the season to a contender, which would uh, only oh. bode well for him. So I hadn't thought about that. At yeah, wide actually, receiver, actually, you're kind of right. I don't. I mean, I don't know his contract and his tradeability that way, but it does sort of make sense. And at wide receiver 34, that just seems seems way too cheap. So even just reaching around, it's still still a good value for for Evans. I think. Matt, who is your reach around player, uh, seventh round? player you would take in round six i've got marquise hollywood brown Mm -hmm. uh when deandre hopkins was gone last year for the cardinals hollywood got nine or more targets in five of six games Mm -hmm. nine times and this just in hopkins is gone all the time now (laughs) that's right uh they're trying to replace that with roadkill more greg dortch and michael wilson i think that marquise brown could see 180 targets this year just on the fact that they're going to be playing from behind so much. Mm -hmm. They got to chuck the ball. It's going to go to him. He was a top 10 wide receiver before getting hurt in like week six or seven. Right right when Hopkins came back, Brown got hurt. Yep. Yeah. And that is, I think, the biggest issue with Marquise Brown. To me, it's more about just is he going to play the full season or not? Let's hope so. going to break down. I also had Mike Evans here. And, yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy who every year for – his entire career, he was a second rounder. Now, obviously, Tom Brady's gone, and there's a huge downgraded quarterback, but all the way to the seventh round? I don't know. I'm buying the dip. Yes, he had a weird drop in touchdowns last year, but I don't know. I, I just He's always been a touchdown scorer. Baker Mayfield, historically, has been about one and a half touchdowns passes per game. One and a half. If he's going to throw one and a half touchdowns per game, isn't Evans the odds-on favorite to have the one touchdown out of that? You know, I, so yeah, I this just feel is the like, last year of his contract. I feel like, uh, oh, last year, the contract for Evans. So the tradability could be very high here. Evans is only one season removed from a 13 touchdown season and a 14 touchdown season. Given where he's going right now, I'll reach around into round six and get him, you know, maybe as a nine touchdown season. That's still great value. The ADP fall of Evans and Godwin reminds me of Metcalf and Tyler Lockett last year, who yeah. plummeted because of the concerns at quarterback. quarterback. And yeah, great. look how that turned unfounded. out. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Absolutely. Turned out pretty well. For All them. right. Which eighth rounder would you reach around into the seventh round to take? We begin this time with Matt. Great segue, Brian. I've got Jackson Smith and Jigba. By all accounts, he's been the best wide receiver at Seahawks camp, and I want a piece of that especially if he's impressing more than DK Metcalf, who's just a beast, and mm-hmm. and Tyler Lockett, who's been there for years. Geno Smith is a fine NFL quarterback, so I think JSN will be pretty good, too. All right, Brian, who is your eighth rounder you would take in the seventh round? I'm quite certain we'll be on the same page on this guy, Charge, and it's Yahan Dotson, who led all rookie wide receivers in fantasy points during the final five-week stretch of the regular season. He closed very strong, which you love to see. He had seven touchdowns on the year, which is very good for a rookie, especially considering he only played in 12 games. So averaged more than half a touchdown per game. He could usurp Terry McLaurin as the top wide receiver. Terry. Commanders this year. We had we had the peacock off earlier. I originally had Jahan Dotson is going to have more fantasy points than Terry McLaurin and decided I'm going to be bolder than that. I went with the Sam Howell's going to finish in the top 10. <laughs> that wasn't bold. But I like, that, I like that Sam Howell's got the big arm, and that could unlock some, some of the deep plays that Jahan Dotson is built perfectly for. You hit on almost all of my talking points already, Brian, but I will say this. He was the seventh, he had the seventh higher passing passer rating when targeted was in across the entire league was Jahan Dotson. So good things happen. And even if Sam Howell flops, I got Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett made Amari Cooper into a top 10 fantasy receiver last year. So he can succeed there. 
we move to round eight. Which ninth rounder would you take in round eight as your reach-around player? Brian. I'm very high on Cortland Sutton this year, so I would reach around for him. A pro bowler in 2019, for those who forgot, 2020 he tore up his knee, so it was slow coming back in 2021. And last year for the Broncos, we all know it was a disaster across the board uh, with Nathaniel Hackett as head coach, but everything has changed now with Sean Payton in as quarterback. Tim Patrick, gone for the year. He was going to steal some targets from Sutton, who is the big-bodied receiver. Right. He could on be that the Michael team. Thomas in a Sean Payton offense. Yeah, it's, it's not Jerry Judy. He's more the pose- possession receiver. And so far, reports out of camp uh, for Sutton have been great. He's, he's dropped 10 pounds. Uh, Russell Wilson looking his way a ton. I think it's a big bounce-back year for Sutton and really that whole Broncos offense in general. Matt, which ninth rounder are you reaching around into the eighth round for? I've got Zach Charbonnet uh, staying with the Seahawks. Uh, The landing spot was a little bit weird on draft day. We we were all like, oh, no, what happened to Kenneth Walker? Well, Mm -hmm. Kenneth Walker's kind of getting the reputation of always being hurt. And Pete Carroll really likes to bell cow his running backs. And if Kenneth Walker's already dinged up, it's only a matter of time before Zach Charbonnet gets some big starts. And get some A's and B grades on Fantasy Football Weekly. At this time last year, everybody's favorite sleeper going off the board in round four was Gabe Davis. Mm. You'll remember that. He'd come off that amazing postseason run where he scored the five touchdowns and he had the four in one game. Yeah. And But what ended up happening last year, as we all know, suffered an ankle injury in week one and then hobbled through the rest of the year, played on the injury, but was very ineffective and inconsistent, although he still improved on all of his numbers. Had more touchdowns, more yards, and more receptions he had had than any other time in his career. He's healthy. I think he puts it all together here. Stephon Diggs just went to bat for him vocally within the last week, talking about how Gabe Davis is sitting on a massive year and contract year for Gabe Davis. (laughs) That's because Diggs knows he's not going to be there. (laughs) Maybe that's why. (laughs) Let's go to round number uh, nine. Which 10th rounder would you take in round number nine, Matt? Uh, I've got Anthony Richardson here. I think it's very possible that Anthony Richardson just breaks fantasy football. Um, He has the chance to be the greatest dual threat quarterback of all time. He's a combine rat. His measurables are off the charts. If we want to get a firm grip, we got to get a firm grip on Anthony Richardson in the ninth. He's more like combine splinter. Not <laughs> yeah, combine he's the master. All right, yeah. Anthony Richardson in. Brian, which ninth rounder, 10th rounder would you take in the ninth round? I went with a quarterback, but I went with a little more safer route. Talked about him earlier, Geno Smith, quarterback 16, way too, way too cheap for Geno. Eighth among quarterbacks in points per game last year, fifth in total points. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba now in town for Seattle. Arguably the best trio of wide receivers. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching for Geno if I'm if I'm not taking one of the elite quarterbacks early in the draft. I also had Anthony Richardson here for all the same reasons that uh, Matt already mentioned. He could break open your scoring system. Let's go to round 10. Which 11th rounder would you take in round 10, Matt? Sorry, Brian. Um, another pick for anyone who's going to wait on quarterback. I'm going with uh, Russell Wilson. I just mentioned how I'm high. I'm bullish on the on the Broncos offense. They're a, a major discount this season. Last year, it, through uh, weeks 1 through 16, with Nathaniel Hackett as head coach, Wilson's uh, only had an 18% play action rate, only was outside of the pocket, you know, rolling outside of the pocket on 16% of his plays. Uh, Hackett was fired in week 17 from week 17 through 18, Wilson had a 34% play action rate and a 24% uh, rate outside of the pocket. He put up top 10 quarterback numbers the last two weeks. And now with Sean Payton there, 
Loving this offense. Denver has the fifth easiest strength of schedule for quarterbacks. So I think a, a big bounce back year for Wilson. Just hopefully he didn't add like another 10 toilets to his house. <laughs> it's going to be tough to uh, outpace that toilet to touchdown ratio. But I think he, I think he smashes that this year. Uh, Broncos also have a very easy start to the schedule, which uh, Matt may be illuminating at the fantasy football training camp. Mm, yeah. Uh, Matt, which uh, which round 11 player are you taking in round 10? This is the round I hated. I didn't like any of my options in this round. So I went with the guy that I thought just had the most upside. And it's one that you're going to hate, Charge. It's Dalton Kincaid, the rookie tight end in Buffalo. Yeah. I just think that there's an off chance that coming into this particular situation, he could just have the right combination of skills and strength and speed to just be a big weapon in that offense right away. It brings just another dimension to that team. Way more interesting than Dawson Knox was at that position. So Dalton Kincaid. I'm going for the uninteresting approach sure. in this round. I'm taking Carolina wide receiver Adam Thielen going off the board at wide receiver 52. Yeah. He, in the last three seasons, Adam Thielen has scored 30 touchdowns. 30. Now he's the go-to receiver in Carolina. Bryce Young is going to learn and learn on the job and lean on a veteran who's going to be in the right place. He's going to catch the balls that are thrown to him. I think Adam Thielen's got one more good year in him, and I want a piece of that action. Thank you for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. If you want to try a guillotine league, you can play with your friends in private leagues. You can play for cash in public leagues. We encourage you to check out guillotineleagues.com, where you can also find my cheat sheet available for free as well. Um, and also, if you are so inclined, the Chop Podcast, a guillotine-centric podcast hosted by myself and Brian Johnson. We'll be back next week for another full edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.